Hello and welcome to the Bearded Tits podcast. I'm your host, Jack Perks, and this week I'm going to be talking to David Macoon. I think that's how you say his last name. I probably butchered that, and he'll beat me mercilessly the next time I see him for getting it wrong. Um, David is the course director of the MSc Biological Photography and Imaging course, and I spoke to him a little bit about what it takes to run a master's course, what's entailed, but more importantly for, for many listeners, do you need a master's or any degree? to do photography. So that was a really interesting chat. Before we do that though, we're going to cover the news. So a little bit closer to home for me in Derbyshire, farmers have lost a challenge to the government's cancellation of the badger call in Derbyshire. In a high court ruling, uh, this has been welcomed by wildlife groups. The government licensed the killing of 35,034 badgers in 2019 in 40 culling zones, all the way from Cornwall to Cumbria, its seventh successive year of badger culling. That's crazy. I remember a time when that would have been uh, uh, just unthinkable, and we've had seven years of badger culling now. Uh, A controversial uh, destruction of a legal protected wild species, uh, which has done little to slow the spread of TB in cattle. This was quotes from Dominic Dyer, the chief executive of the the Badger Trust. Uh, Peer-reviewed science literature estimates that badgers contribute 5 to 36% of outbreaks in cattle. Most bovine TB within herds is transmitted by other cows who are not diagnosed uh, with the disease by the notoriously unreliable cattle uh, tuberculin skin test. It's in the verdict of the Godru Review the government has made it clear that it wants to find an exit strategy to badger culling based on badgers and cattle vaccination combined with improved TB testing in cattle and tighter biosecurity and movement controls. The Badger Trust, of course, fully supports this change of policy. So for Derbyshire, at least, they're going to be favouring vaccination and just stopping uh, as much interaction between cows and badgers as possible. And hopefully this can be folded out to a wider landscape. Now, I'm going to go straight into my guest uh, today. Not straight into him, that's it's something entirely different. I'm going to talk to him. And this is David, who is the course director of the MSc uh, Biological Photography and Imaging course. It's a great course. Uh, I feel privileged that I've worked on it for so long as a, as a part-time lecturer. And it's run by some fantastic people, Tom, Stephen and David all put a lot of hard work into that course. The question I get asked a lot is, do you need a degree or a master's to be a wildlife photographer? And it's a difficult question and it's something me and David cover as well as talking a little bit more about the course. So here's the interview. David, thanks for joining me. You're welcome, Jack. <laughs> as you as you slurp in your, as your tea. Um, yeah. We've known each other, uh, don't say too long, but we've known each other quite a while now, haven't we? Yeah, it, it must be, it must be, um, I'd say about seven years. Something like that. A, yeah, just after you left the uh, your uni, wasn't it, that you came to uh, to see me? And we was in the old corridor then before we moved. So it's got to be some time, yeah, Jack, yeah. Because I didn't realise that your course even existed. The, the, so the MSc Biological Photography and Imaging. But it's been going way before even that. You've been going, how, how long has the course been running for? 20 years now. 20, 21 years. Yeah. So That's... a fair old time, yeah. So for those that don't know about this course, what, what, what's it about? But it's uh, primarily, I suppose, it's uh, about taking... Um, people have got an interest in science and then adding uh, photography 
to it so that you uh, you get that that combination come together so it's more focused uh, um the science person than it is anybody else but we we take you know i don't want to say we take anybody but we <laughs> you grab grabbing him off the street come on in <laughs> anybody anybody who's happy to to do it yeah it, it's it's that's the, the way so yeah we've had art students come do our course as well as scientists but primarily it was set up yeah just for um for the science community really to uh, to learn about photography so it's like another feather in their cap sort of thing. They they might be doing some zoology or, or biochemistry or something, and the photography is just to help them along sort of thing. Yeah, originally it evolved from the undergraduate program that we run. We run two undergraduate programs, which are just a module within the life sciences. So it initially it came out of that because it's very, that's very popular that the students do a ten credit module to make up their science degree and 20 odd years ago when life sciences as it was then and then it's evolved it became biological sciences biology and all the rest of it and now back to life sciences 20 years ago we didn't have any msc courses and one day the head of school sat down and said look we need to have some um msc courses and ours was the, the, the first one put forward to become an msc so yeah we we evolved from that really from the undergraduate programming to doing a, a full-time master's course yeah because there's nothing else quite like it in the uk really is there as far as i'm aware that is ones what do science communication i believe and um, there's another one what does art and science i think it is but we're the only ones yes who who, uh, who uh, look at a scientist and uh, see how they, they want to develop. So yeah, we, we are the only biological photography and imaging in the UK. I think there's something like us in Australia, and there might be something <laughs> like us in America, but UK-wise, yeah, we're the, we're the only ones, yeah. Oh, brilliant. And one of the questions I get asked a lot, and I'm sure you probably get it asked a lot as being a course director, but is it worth doing a degree in photography? Because I get so many people who are thinking about it come to me, and my, my personal opinion is it depends on the on the individual like it's for some people it's absolutely the right yeah. thing to do and for other people maybe not but i don't know what your thoughts are on that well that's a, it's a, it's, that definitely is an interesting one jack as to whether it's, it's worth doing a degree in in uh, photography but i think if you if you look at it in terms of a piece of paper at the end of the day then maybe not but if you're looking about what you can actually do during our one year program that we do, then there's a lot more to it. I mean, it gives you the people the opportunity to actually find out what they are good at in terms of, you know, the photography field. Because we do um, the science, we do the lab work, we do video, we do photography, and there's many different aspects to what we actually do within our course. So, you know, we have a lot of students come in and they want to be a specific thing when they, they leave. But they find out during that, that time that maybe that wasn't the direction for them to, to go in. Doing our course as well, I mean, it's not just about, you know, getting a piece of paper. It's the connections that you make 
with people you know there's a connection like for yourself and you know heather angel and you know the late steve watkins and uh, andy parkinson you know we bring in lots and lots of different people people for the students to speak to but it's not just that as well it's the family network that we've built over the uh, the 20 years so now you know uh, we're getting to a situation where previous students are recommending our students to get jobs within the companies that they're working in so it's those connections that you can you can make so that i mean that's one one part about it and the, and the other like the other part says is actually taking that year to uh to develop and find out what direction you want to go in in terms of do you want to do photography do you want to do videography you know do you want to be more lab based and have photography added to that so you know it gives you the time to think about you know what direction you want to to go in i mean i've seen lots and lots of you know different photography degrees where you know students just fall off at the side after they've done university because you know they're not being equipped for you know taking it that that one step further and, and that's the biggest part about i think our our course is the the family connection that we've got with students outside or previous students you know so that you know they, they can all connect with one another you know you go back to people like david newton in the very first year you know alex hyde and you know um um james shooter you know you can make connections with but all those people, you know, they've, they've been in the industry for some time. So I think, you know, I, I, I can't really answer the question, is you know, <laughs> doing yeah. a degree, yeah. you know, worth it? But I can answer the question, is our course worth it at the end of the day? And I, I really strongly believe it is, yeah. You get a lot more than the photography teaching out of it, yeah. I think, so I would say, because I, I got a 2-1 on, on my degree, it was, you know, working man's first, and I can honestly say I've, I've probably never had a job because someone's looked and said, oh, he's, he's got a 2-1. But the things that I did on that course, and if I hadn't had done that course, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I would definitely yeah. recommend, whether it's a BA, whether it's a master's, the things you learn on that course, the connections, like you say, uh, the, all that sort of stuff comes together. And it's definitely helpful for, for certain people yeah. I've got a very short attention span, and I think hadn't if I hadn't have been forced to do three years of it, God knows where I'd where yeah. where I'd be. You know, right yeah. now I'd probably go. I wouldn't like to think where I'd be right now. So yeah, I, I think it's worth it definitely. Yeah, I think that's a, that's an interesting point with what you say about you know you work in man's first class and all the rest of it. For me, it's not about the marks at the end of the day. It's that's that. I mean, that's secondary as with what with my thinking. I always tell students, don't worry about the marks. There is gonna be students who know who want to get a first, you know, and, and, and all the rest of it. But it's what you learn along the way. If you spend a year making mistakes, you've learned something at the end of the day, and that's taking you forward, you know, to be able to progress in your working life. You might spend a year getting everything right, but at the same time, that could do you damage as well, because then, you don't know about how to cure things and how to make things better. So it's what you know you learn in that year's journey, I think is more important than the, what the, the marks that you're gonna get at the end of the day. You know, they, they are, I, I suppose, important to the student, 
but fundamentally it's that learning practice that's been being able to speak to people like yourself like andy parkinson heather angel and, and i could go on like having days with you know like uh, chris in uh, when we go to the um peak district and we have uh, fuji out for the day chris upton and uh, fuji making those connections there being able to speak to real people i think that's really important yeah definitely i mean the, the other thing as well is I've, I've seen people who have got high marks but then they maybe don't have very good social skills whereas yeah. the people the other way around and it's it says a lot to be able to talk to people and connect to people so there's there's a lot that goes into it i think um it's not as, as straightforward as you're going to get a high mark, you're going to be successful, yeah. or you're going to get a low mark and you're not going to be successful. It's, yeah. not, as, it's not as black and white as that, is it? No, the, the, the journey starts from the moment it, you leave, you know, in terms of what's that, what, what you've learned then. That's when the journey, you know, starts then. It's, it's not proving yourself when you're at university. It's being able to get to a position where you can start proving yourself when you go outside. And some people... Uh, uh, take more time to prove themselves when they get outside than others. Others can just walk into something and become something, you know, whereas others might take that little bit more time to start developing and getting somewhere with the, uh, the degree, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, and I think you've already answered this to a degree, but like, how, how do you teach this? So you, you do a mixture of everything, don't you? Like you do field trips and you do lots of practical stuff in, in uh, in your own kind of dedicated building, don't you? Yeah, yeah we've got our, our own little area, which is quite good. So we don't have to rely on, on timetabling. So we can mix and match and, and, and be more creative with the way that we, we teach our, our programmes. So there's the office where the staff is, and then we've got the museum, you know, the, um, the museum that we rescued. Tom's got uh, his own little lab, and then we've got a studio. And then we've got a Mac room where the, uh, the students can actually work on their projects. So they don't have to worry about, you know, hot desking or sharing computers with, with other people. So we have our own little environment. Uh, we don't have a classroom. You know, everyone sits around on settees and we, we, we make it more of a, a casual, informal kind of way. We do a lot more um, practical uh, sessions with the students. So we're actually hands on with the computers. We're fortunate enough to have uh, places uh, local like Woolerton and uh, Attenborough Nature Reserve where we can take the students and actually practice, you know, the art of photography and stuff like that. So even the university campus, you know, you're quite, quite good in, in places. You've got the lake and, and so on. So we've got a, quite a different variation of places we can go to actually start doing our teaching rather than it all being all within the studio or the classroom as such yeah yeah i do at the end of each interview i do nature reserve of the week and i'm going to do highfields park for this podcast just because there's yeah. so much there to photograph and it's Hell just yeah. a, sh a short a short walk yeah. and you yeah. do uh, exhibitions with the students as well i mean you've got yeah. one at the park at the minute and i remember um steve watkins before before he passed away doing his kind of introduction to that and then praising me for being on the course yeah. <laughs> I, had to kind of, I had to keep quiet. I thought, do I tell him that I didn't do that course? And I thought, no, I'll leave him to it. He's, he's enjoying well, himself. <laughs> you've, been, you've been associated with the course for so long now, Jack. I think they just think that you've progressed from being a student. I think, in, yeah. Teaching uh, uh, staff, yeah. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I, another I, thing that we, we, we do is we bring back, you know, past students 
to actually talk to our present students about what they're getting on with, you know, to, to tell them where was they successful, where were they not successful, how they can, you know, um, progress into the working environment and stuff like that. So, yeah, so, you know, having people like yourself and our past students coming back, that's always beneficial as well, rather, you know, than, than having the big names, the big hitters and, and so on. You know, you can still get a lot more from people who've been out in the field for a year, you know, finding out what they've done in that year. Yeah. Well, in many ways, I guess that's more useful because they were sat where those students were sat a year or two years ago. And then their journey is going to be more relevant than someone who's been doing it for 20 years because that's a completely different time yeah. and set of skills. So, yeah, I definitely think that's a, a good idea to bring back past students and, and, and students who are, who are doing that sort of stuff. And you get these people because your course isn't that it's, it's what is it between 10 and 10 and 15 normally it's not a huge course is it you've got a relatively no, it's small not group. A huge, huge course. i mean the most students we've ever had once was 21 students and oh god that was a you know a panic throughout that year <laughs> 21 students because you just didn't have the uh the space and the uh the facilities for it so yeah so we look at between 10 and 16 i think is our our top number we don't advertise the the course in any way people find us which is a good thing and then you're finding people who are really wanting to do it you know and so i suppose as well with it being a specialized course you're only getting those those specialized kind of students who are coming along for it you know if we was if we was doing an ma in photography you know you could be getting all different kinds of people even people who, who might not be interested in doing the uh the photography they're just doing it because there's nothing else basically to do but with you know with our one you know you're getting dedicated students you're getting very motivated students coming along which is it's a good thing it really is they push us as well as us pushing them and although i suppose the obvious career path is is a wildlife photographer but you get people going in all kinds of directions oh yeah you? Yeah, you, we, we, uh, Charlie Richards, um, from many, many years back, you know, he's one of the, the, the biggest food photographers in the industry now, you know, so, and I mean, that, that's the, the area he went off into. You get, you get people who go and uh, work for us, uh, spring watchers, runners, you know, you, uh, one of them is a very successful wedding photographer now, you know, and we get a, a large amount of students spread out through many parts of the, the industry. A lot of them go, well, I say a lot of them, I think it's uh, about four or five, something like that, who've gone back and doing teaching and using photography as part of their, you know, their teaching. Uh, some students do PhDs. Yeah, these, it gets spread out all over the place. It's not all like going to, not all of them want to be or end up being wildlife photographers. We give them many skills that they can use in many different directions. You know, being flexible is really the basic part of our teaching, learning to, to turn your hand to many different fields. You know yourself that you cannot just go and say, I'm going to be a wildlife photographer, and that's your only income at the end of the day. You know, so we try to, to instill that in the students from the very first start, that you've got to be thinking about how, what, so you can, you know, writing, we have writing as part of the, the course. So, you know, becoming a good writer, so you can write articles and use your photography with that as well, and, and all different things, yeah. 
I think that's sensible because the, the reality is wildlife photography is a tough profession. And mm. if you are more flexible and you know other skills, you can either bring that into it or it means that you can diverge into other things. So I think that's definitely the, the way to go to help you get a career after you've done one of these courses. Yeah. So I'm going to end on this, on this last question, but although you're not a wildlife photographer, obviously you teach on this course, do you think that's actually more of an advantage? So you've got more of an outside perspective on it all or I know you get lots of wildlife photographers in so it's not really a problem but you you're more I was trying to think when I was writing these questions what kind of photography does David do and I thought oh. how, can, how can I describe it without him getting angry because I was going to say arty farty but then I thought you'll come and beat <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'll beat me up if I say that so I don't know what, what would you describe your your color style is and, and obviously how that helps influence the course yeah, I I'm, was and still am to a certain degree a documentary photographer. Okay. So I, I you know, that helps in being able to teach the uh, the students, um, you know, about how to tell a story, documenting with their images. So not just creating one single image, but creating a series of images that go together to help um, tell the story. So. The biggest part of the, the course that we do is the, the techniques in the field magazine in the second semester. So, you know, using my documentary skills to actually then uh, help them um, learn about documentary, how to put images together, which image goes with which image, you know, so, you know, being able to tell that, that story. Yeah, and I do, I do like the arty farty photography as well, but, you know, I, I mean, it's what what's the course has taught me because you know I'm I now really like wildflowers and I've been getting into those for the last like 12 years so they you know this time of year coming up now is a, a big part for me in terms of my my photography yeah I mean I, I was a, a kind of like semi-skilled uh, scientific photographer because I used to do a lot of infrared color infrared and, and black and white infrared but yeah my background is as a documentary photographer and that's what i bring along so you've also got steve you know who works with us i do know he, steve unfortunately yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a commercial photographer so he comes from a commercial background so like having to like do studio work and set that up and and so on yeah and, and as well with tom bringing in the science side of things so you know there's us as a nucleus bringing in everything that we can to the students and then they're bringing in people like yourself and everybody else to um, fill in the bits that we don't even like Tim Sexton at, at, at Attenborough you know bringing him in for his so uh, basic what is vast knowledge of um, of the natural world and so on like that so it's bringing all of those people together so it's not just one person it's you know all of those people that we bring together to, to form one big nucleus i think which makes the course a very successful course because it just doesn't rely on one person you know it's many different uh, parts to it what makes it really really successful you know yeah no i definitely agree it's kind of bringing those people together to to help the students from from different backgrounds is only going to help them uh, with the course so yeah if you're thinking about doing a, a master's and the MAC biological photography and imaging is definitely one that you should you should check out uh, David thanks for for joining me today it's been a pleasure talking to you it's always nice to you to speak to you Jack yeah you know, it's, a, 
it's definitely a welcome bonus from having to talk to Galloway all the time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I was trying to think of a polite way, but yeah, he is a bit of an arsehole, really. But <laughs> no, I love, I should just say, I love Steve. He's a great, he's a great, a great laugh. Um, look, buddy, but the yeah. Is you, you wouldn't be able to do like this video kind of conference with him because he's, his head is too big, isn't it, to get onto the, uh, the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we put the highlights on YouTube, it'd just be a forehead. It'd be pretty <laughs> horrifying, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get an ang angry email off uh, Steve now. <laughs> well, look, buddy, um, I will catch you soon, and thanks for doing it. It's been a pleasure, Jack. Thanks very much. That was David. He's a very knowledgeable man, and uh, he's great fun to work with. So I, I love I love working with all, all the people on that course. That brings me on to Nature Reserve of the Week, and I'm going to do Highfields Park, which is actually... The, on the grounds of the University of Nottingham where this course is taught. So this is not a nature reserve, but it's a park right next to where the university is. Now it's located close to Nottingham city centre and is 121 acres, which sounds massive when I think about that area. Um, while it's not a nature reserve, it does support a, a huge range of species. The University of Nottingham overlooks the lake, which is the main feature of the area. Now, Tottle Brook runs at the side of the lake, which sadly is culverted for the majority of its journey to the Trent. But you can find sticklebacks in there and things like little egrets that will go up and down the brook, preying on them. Recently, work has been done to re-meander the brook to bring it back to more of a natural state. Bird life on the lake includes grey herons, cormorants, which you can often see sunning themselves and their wings out, goosander in the winter, you know, fantastic to see the males in their plumage, uh, and kingfishers, you know, relatively urban spot, but you'll see kingfishers flitting around the trees and great crested grebes on the lake building their nests. There are some huge carp in there as well, which you'll see uh, patrolling around the margins like submarines as they're chucking, uh, well, they're not chucking, as food is being chucked into them by passers-by. There is some woodland, particularly on the island in the lake, which you can cross over a bridge to get to, uh, which has some very tame grey squirrels known for running up your legs and stealing food. So if you want close-up shots of grey squirrels, that's the place to go to. Lots of other birds can be spotted in the margins uh, of the lake, like goldcrest, robins, and all the usual suspects. Parking is free, and near the lakeside centre, which has toilets uh, and a calf. Cake isn't too bad, nothing special, it's all right. Paths are well used. Uh, it can be busy at the weekends, so if you're going to go spot wildlife, I'd suggest going midweek and relatively early. Uh, but access is brilliant, so if you can't walk very far or you struggle with inclines, not a problem here. It's an urban oasis, and it does often throw up a surprise, so always worth a look, whether you've got your camera or whether you've got your bins. That's Highfields Park, so check it out if you're in the area. Maybe you're going to the university for an open day. You know, have a, have a quick look. This has been the Bearded Tips podcast. I've been Jack Perks. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, send in your questions. Let me know what you think. Have you got anything that you, you want to ask? Have you got a subject you'd like me to cover? Have you got a guest that you'd like me to interview? And let me know and I'll get back to you. I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.